You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Big Ten Powerhouse Podcast. It is August 1st, um, not, there was a, you know, they're really, uh, last month or so has been kind of slow on the, uh, the Big Ten front, but, um, this week, a, a lot of news out, um, across the conference, um, we had some commitments for a couple of teams, we had, uh, some big recruiting visits, some big announcements, um, even just before the podcast, uh, you know, Nebraska announced that they hired an assist, a new assistant coach. Um, so there's really been a, uh, and that's, uh, Phil Beckner for those wondering from Weber state, but, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of updates. Um, I'll touch on a couple of the recruiting developments, uh, more towards the end, but definitely the biggest update of the week was the injury of Illinois point guard, Tracy Abrams. He, um, for those who aren't super familiar with him, he played, I want to say, three seasons or at least three seasons of eligibility um, up through 2013-14. He went down with an ACL tear before last season, um, missed all the year, redshirted, planning to come back this year on uh, tours Achilles, and he's out for the whole season again. Um, one would assume he would get the, the six-year exception from the NCAA, but... Um, you know, obviously that's a it's a whole different thing. Most likely, you know, he will, but um, we'll have to wait and see on that. But um, but clearly, it you know, really terrible news, and it affects a team that um, there's a lot there are a lot of different opinions on. Um, so I thought it was it was worth a podcast to dedicate to. Again, kind of slow otherwise. So um, uh, it seemed like a great topic. But we have a uh, Jim on from. Uh, the Champagne Room. Uh, Jim, how you doing today? Hi, Tom. It's doing great. How are you? Good, good. And uh, why don't why don't you take a second to talk to our listeners about your site and uh, what you guys do over there? Yeah, so I'm with the Champagne Room. It's SB Nation's uh, Fighting Illini site, um, and it's pretty similar to BT Powerhouse, really, um, except that it's focused on Illinois football and basketball. All right, yeah, great stuff. Um, so I, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the news. Uh, Tracy Abrams goes down. Um, you know, terrible news not only for him but the team and the program. Uh, what were your first reactions when you heard, and um, just kind of to the development in general? Yeah, it, I mean, it was just pretty heartbreaking news to be honest. I mean, he's gone through so much over the past twelve plus months. And to hear that he was just going to be out another entire season, that's just devastating. And then, like, not only for him, but for the program as well, because now we're down to one true point guard on the roster, and we really have no idea who's going to be the backup now. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll jump into a little bit on potential options. But um, in terms of Abrams, what – 
what do you think he he was going to offer to this team uh, going into this season? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing would would have been leadership. Uh, even last year, while he was sitting out, he was he was definitely the leader of the team. He was on the bench, almost acting as another assistant for the players, and you know he he just seemed to be a guiding voice for the team while he was out. And this year, he would have been just a great on-court presence, you know, like coming down like during the stretch of second half of games. I mean, he, he'd be the guy. He's the longest tenure to line right now. He's been there. I think this will be his fifth year now. Um, but, yeah, he would have really added some leadership. Um, his on-court production, it's, it was pretty respectable in 2013-14. I think he averaged about 11 points, four rebounds, and three assists per game. Um, so, I mean, again, not anything too special, but definitely he would have been one of the team's main contributors. Yeah, I agree. I, I think just in general, I mean, um, you know, maybe he would have got pushed a little bit if some of the other guys developed. But, um, you know, in 2013-14, as you're talking about, which is not last season, but the season before, um, he played like three quarters of all the minutes uh, for the team. Kind of the year before that, kind of 70%. So you're looking at a guy who's going to play a lot of minutes, um, at least, you know, borderline on that 30-ish minutes a game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a huge loss just on its face, um, especially for a backcourt that's, uh, you know, losing some depth this year. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to get into talking about some of the options in a little bit, but, you know, this is a team that, Really, they only have one point guard. That's Jalen Tate. He's going to be a junior. And John Gross, I mean, he's he really hasn't been able to bring in anyone else to fill the position. So we're in a bit of a tough spot right now. Yeah, and um, I guess I guess to jump to jump right in then off of that, um, who you, you know Tate looks like he's going to be the guy now. Um, do you do you think he's going to be the guy, or do you think there are other options out there? Um, you mean on the transfer market right now or just on the team to back him up? Uh, wherever you think. <laughs> um, I think it'd be a bit late to add a fifth-year transfer, but there is a name floating around. I actually can't even remember him off the top of my head, but there is a fifth-year point guard of the market. He's been getting some attention from Minnesota. Um, I- I'm sorry, I'm blanking right here, but... I think there is a chance that John Gross and the coaching staff could extend an offer. You know, he's to really just fill in for the year as a backup. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he wouldn't really be contributing too much. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name here, trying to look it up. Oh, no problem, no problem. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I guess just to jump in here while you while you check this. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. There really isn't much depth in the backcourt to be to be honest about it. I mean, I know there have been some kind of talk that maybe you could kind of push a couple of those shooting guards over. Um, you know, Jalen Coleman Lance kind of stands out as a guy who I don't know how great he would be at the point guard spot, but I think he could be serviceable. Um, but then you deal with the issue that he was kind of slotted in as a guy who could kind of step in at the at the two. So I mean you know, if you gain by pushing him there, you kind of lose by 
with the other spot. But um, but yeah, I, I think Jalen Tate just really he's going to need to be productive unless Illinois can find someone either on the transfer market or maybe a late you know blooming recruit. Which at mm-hmm. this point, you know, you're talking about the last couple of weeks here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I I found his name. His the fifth year transfer name is Donovan Stewart. He's transferred from SIU Edwardsville. Um, USC and Minnesota have contacted him. Um, again, he probably he wouldn't come in to be a starter or anything like that. He'd probably be providing, you know, 10, 12 minutes as a backup. So we'll see if that plays out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I, guess, I guess to focus on Tate here a little bit, um, you know, mm-hmm. assuming they don't add another guy, assuming, you know, the weight goes on to him, um, do you think he's a guy who can can do that? I know he had some hype, you know, coming into uh, to Champaign. Um, can he live up to that? Can he be the guy? Can he be good enough to let this team, you know, reach their goals next year? Um, you know, if he improves his jumper, I think he can be. Because when he when he played last year behind Ahmad Starks, I think Illinois was playing their best in some areas. But in the half court offense, it was they were just playing four on five because Tate shot about I want to say eight or nine percent from three point from three point range. So defenders, if you go back and watch, defenders were literally just sagging off six to seven feet, daring him to shoot, and that that really stalled everything else that was going on in the offense. And he's a pretty good um, penetrator. He can get to the rim. He could finish well. So when defenders are sagging that that far off, I mean that really limits that too, because they have such a head start when he makes his moves. Mm-hmm. And and he's a good he's a good passer. Um, I think he was kind of hurt by the fact that we didn't really have a big man with good hands in the low post. So when he penetrated, he really couldn't dump it off to anyone last year, and really like be able to rely on them to catch it and finish. So. I mean, I guess, again, it really all comes back to his shooting. If he's able to develop anything that resembles an outside shot, I think he'll be able to fill in just fine as a starter. But that really remains to be seen because he hasn't shown too much in his first two years in Champaign. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, I have it up here right now. So last season he went 1 for 12 for 8.3% <laughs> from three-point yeah. range, which, which to me, I mean – uh, you know, obviously the percentage is absolutely terrible, but you know what's more telling to me is a guy who played about pretty much about fifty percent of the team's minutes last year, attempted twelve shots, and mm-hmm. you know when you're when you're playing point guard, you have the ball every possession pretty much. So I mean, he's not attempting them because he doesn't think he can make them, and I mean, uh, yeah, which, yeah, that's which is, problem. Which is yeah, which is good, you know, because he's not attempting bad shots, but. You know, if you're not a threat, that's a huge hit to your game. And I mean, um, yeah, like you said, he's a good passer, and you know, maybe, maybe he'll just have to take that, you know, prototypical point guard role where he just feeds other guys the ball. You know, maybe that, that's the way it has to work. Um, mm-hmm. Wasn't the best at avoiding turnovers, but, um, but yeah, he did set guys up. So I mean, that's an area that you know maybe Illinois can build off of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, if he can 
go up from about half, you know, half the game playing to pretty much he's going to have to play most of the minutes, wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Unless either Kendrick Nunn or one of the freshmen can step up. Um, yeah, he, he's definitely going to have to be playing probably 30 to 35 minutes. Yeah, and, um, you know, just to, just to spin off that a little bit here, um, I, I don't want to torture you or the Illinois fans anymore. <laughs> but um, obviously, you know, you've had some rough luck with this, the injuries here. But what happens if Tate does go down? Um, what do you see as the quote-unquote emergency situation? Because, um, you know, as we've been talking about, there is not much depth at point guard at all. No, there really isn't. Um, you know, I think Jalen Coleman-Lands would probably make the switch from shooting guard to point guard. But the problem is he's dealing with a stress fracture in his lower left leg, and he'll be out for the rest of the summer. Um so, again, even if they're going to try and transition him to the backup role, he's going to be playing catch-up once fall practice comes around. You know, that leaves either Kendrick Nunn or one of the two freshmen, Aaron Jordan or DJ Williams, that could potentially fill that role too. Uh, right now, I'd probably give the S to DJ Williams. He's, he's actually a forward, which kind of just goes to show you what Illinois' point guard death is like. But – he kind of played a point forward role for Simeon last year. And, you know, he's pretty good. He was pretty good at it. And he's even said that point guard is his favorite position to play. So. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I mean, uh, I guess, so, I mean, the moral of the story here is that there's going to be a ton riding on Tate unless they can get a, you know, a transfer um, to repeat the obvious here. But, um, how how does this affect the team overall? I mean, we've talked about that. There isn't a lot of depth there. There's going to be a ton of pressure on Tate now. But, you know, where where does this take them in the Big Ten pecking order, at least in your opinion? Yeah, so a few weeks ago I had them slotted uh, at number eight in the conference behind Ohio State and just ahead of Iowa. I think that with all these recent injuries, I think, I think it's safe to slide Iowa ahead of them. But I – don't think that these injuries are debilitating enough to put them behind Northwestern at number 10. I still think there's a little bit of a gap, like despite Chris Collins' team really making some improvements this off season. But I do still think the Illini are a bit better than the Wildcats. Yeah, I – I mean, for me, um, I'm, I'm trying to look at it right now. I, I had them at uh, number nine, right behind Ohio State, Iowa before them, and then uh, Northwestern – or no, uh, yeah, Northwestern at 10. Um, I haven't updated them in a while, but uh, – Yeah, uh, yeah, same yeah. So, so, I mean, my, my kind of thought process coming into the year was that Illinois was going to be in that bubble range. Um, I know Illini fans are probably tired of the bubble at this point, but um, – uh, I I, I kind of projected them on the bubble. Personally, I kind of thought they were probably going to end up just on the wrong side of it, just like they have the last two years. But I, I definitely saw them in that mix. I think this is a, you know, I, I don't want to overrate an injury by itself. Um, I think a lot of people tend to do that when it's an off season. You know, there's not a lot of news, so people kind of exaggerate the effect. Mm-hmm. But But I think this is a, a really significant injury um, just because, you know, Tate, 
Tate's fine off the bench. He's a big contributor. I think he'll be all right. But, man, I'm just so worried about if he goes down for two, three games. And, you know, there's just such a void there that, you know, it's going to cost them. I mean, they could – I don't know if you agree, but I could see them, you know, dropping to even bottom-tier Big Ten teams if Tate went down for two, three games. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. They're, they're, I mean, again, there's just – I don't even know what they would do. <laughs> yeah, they'd, they'd be and in I mean – pretty serious trouble. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, it's speculation because, you know, who, who knows? He may be healthy the whole year, play 35 minutes a game, no problem. But that that's just a concern for me, and it's a concern for me considering that he really is a limited player. And, you know, again, I don't I don't want to rag on him here because he was just kind of forced into this, you know, because a guy got mm-hmm. injured. But, um, you know, it, he really can't shoot that well from long range. And the thing is, is if all he can do is pass, it's going to be a huge hit to that offense, which really took some step forward last, uh, some steps forward last year, I thought. And, um, you know, if, it really makes me wonder, you know, are they going to be able to win these games, you know, because if you're a bubble team, we all know you got to avoid bad losses. you got to win. You know, you got to beat some top teams. And I, I just think, you know, as you're talking about, I just think those top teams, they're going to key in. They're going to back off. They're going to give him space on the outside, and he's not going to get to the middle. Um, and it's really, I think, going to hinder that whole offense. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Um with pretty much everything you said. I think they were on the bubble before this injury to Abrams, and I definitely think they're on the wrong side right now. So we'll just have to see if someone could step up during training camp. All right. And and I, I don't want to be too too negative here since we're focusing on just Illinois <laughs> today. But So tell us some optimistic reasons here why fans shouldn't panic about this injury. <laughs> Well, we still got Malcolm Hill. I think that's uh, I think that's one thing that fans can kind of hang their hat on. Um, Hill and Nunn are going to be juniors. It's their team now. They pretty well during during um, stretches of last year when Rice went down, when they were taking most of the shots. So if they can improve a little bit more and become more consistent, I think you'll still see some. I mean, respectable point totals on offense. But I think team defense is kind of going to suffer with the loss of Aglu, and I think they're going to have to handle more responsibilities on that end. So we'll see. But I definitely think there's some returning talent there, and if one or two of the freshmen can, you know, kind of step up and provide some provide some quality minutes, I think this is still a team that could uh, stay in that bubble conversation come March. Yeah, and I mean, um, and again, trying to take the optimistic side here. <laughs> um, you know, you know I, I agree. I think Hill was massively overlooked towards the end of last year. Um, I, I've been doing my kind of retrospective reviews of the whole uh, Big Ten right now, and um, Malcolm Hill was probably the team's most productive player last year. Probably not the best. Rice was probably still the best. But, you know, from start to finish, he was a really nice player, and he could really be set for another breakout, um, which mm-hmm. could put him right in that all Big Ten conversation. Um, and then, I mean, Kendrick Nunn, he's already shown, you know, he can be a good player. We don't know if he can be great, but um, there should be more possessions there for him now. Um, you know, and 
obviously Jalen Coleman Lance comes in with high expectations. People are excited about him. I think he's going to be really good at creating his own shot, which might help a lot. Um, He's also a great outside shooter, so maybe that'll help with some of Tate's issues. But I think there is talent here. There are pieces to work with. Um, I am really concerned about that, you know, the point guard position, obviously. But um, I definitely think, you know, maybe maybe they have to adapt their approach. Maybe they become more of a really hard-nosed defensive team and try to uh, suffocate people on that end. Um, I could see that happening, and, you know, maybe that's Mm -hmm. enough to – to get them enough wins in Big Ten play. Yeah, we'll see. They they may be forced into doing that if um, if the offense can't adjust without Abrams or whoever may be handling the point guard duties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and and to kind of to kind of step back, uh, take another step back here. Um, you know, obviously it's going to be tough for the position. You know, terrible for Abrams uh, and really. I don't want to say puts this team in a bind, but it really, really adds even more pressure to a season that already had a lot of pressure on it. Um, can you talk a little bit about where John Gross is sitting, um, whether you think he's on the quote-unquote hot seat, uh, you know, what the expectations are for this year, kind of how this injury plays into that whole scenario? Yeah. Um, well, I think from a fan perspective, they're kind of – two big contingents right now. There's one that still wants to give Gross some more time and that is kind of blaming Bruce Weber for the situation that he stepped into and it's taking him longer to rebuild out of. And again, they're willing to give him a bit more time. But then there's another segment that just wants results and it's year four and missing the tournament for a third straight year in their minds would probably I mean, just be enough and they'd want him to be fired. Um, personally, I think even if they don't make the tournament this season, I think he'll get one more year. And that kind of has to do with his relation, with John Gross's relationship with Mike Thomas. I think that he'll be willing to give him another year, even though, well, like again, if they miss out on the tournament again, I think he'll get another year just because, I mean, he's put a lot in this hire. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of a gut feeling, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, I wrote a, a column after the season ended, you know, after Gross got eliminated, uh, or not Gross, I should say Illinois got eliminated by Michigan mm-hmm. in the Big Ten tournament. And um, it's so hard to pin down. I mean, most coaches, it's so easy to say, you know, like, well, this is the year. You know, if they don't perform this mm-hmm. year, got to get them out. You know, it's clearly uh, able to outline the expectations, so on and so forth. But Gross is – he's such on that fine line of just, you know, obviously, you know, the NCAA tournament the first year, uh, I believe they won the first game, and they got knocked out by yeah. uh, Miami, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and then back-to-back NIT appearances, which, you know, at a place like Illinois, at most schools – NIT appearances aren't going to mean that much. But at the same time, you do have to count, you know, the teams weren't horrible, you know. It's just they came up just short of that NCAA goal. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you kind of think, you know, he's bringing in nice recruits. uh, You know, he's really targeting the state of Illinois. You know, maybe this could be the creation of 
something that could really last long and make Illinois a powerhouse in the Midwest. But um, at the same time, you know, for me, I, I still, when I step back, I had to think, you know, I, you just, for me, I think you've got to make the NCAA tournament this year, you know, and the Tracy Abrams injury is such a blow to that, you know, as we've been talking about, just because it puts so much pressure on a backcourt that probably could have used a little more help. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's going to, it's going to be so frustrating if that's the thing that prevents them to get to the tournament. And, you know, it'll be really interesting how he's evaluated if really, you know, that's the only thing holding back the team. Yeah, I agree. And really, I mean, I, he's had such horrible luck over the last three years. I mean, it's ridiculous for, I mean, from the recruiting trail, there's just on-court performance, you know, and like 2012, 13, I think like, 50% 50% of the active roster were freshmen. Last season, you had the injuries and suspensions to Rice, Cosby, and Starks didn't really pan out. And again, on the recruiting trail, just all these just gut-wrenching misses. It's just, it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, Illinois just got half of these major recruits they were in on. I mean, <laughs> wow, they would, they would be just insanely loaded, but... You know, obviously that's that's not how it works, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, I think uh, you know, there are a couple teams in the Big Ten that um really intrigue me because I you just they're so hard to place, and I feel like Illinois is one of those, especially with his injury now. Um, you know, you ha- you kind of have the top teams, you know, like Maryland, Michigan State, Indiana, so on and so forth. Um, but Illinois is one of those wild cards that, you know, if, like, for instance, if Tate really tears it up this year, I mean, they could be a really intriguing team. Um, do you think there's a chance that they could really, you know, shake things up and be a, I don't want to say win the big 10, but really be a, Mm -hmm. a contender? You know, I don't know. I'm right now I'm leaning towards no, I I just think the, you know, top half of the conference is going to be so good next year that it'd be hard for them to really you know, break into that, not necessarily, not necessarily upper tier, but that second tier even. And I think their ceiling would probably be around seventh, maybe sixth yeah. in the conference, depending on how things shake out. I, I think that would mm-hmm. be a great season, to be honest. Yeah, uh, makes sense. I um, Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting season for Illinois, but um, – but Jim, any any final thoughts here before we let you go? Um, no more injuries, please. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks again, Jim, for joining us. All right. Yep. Yeah, thanks for having me, Thomas. Take care. That was uh yeah, and that was uh Jim from uh Champagne Room. Um, if you're an Illinois fan or you're just generally you know interested in kind of how their team's looking or whether it's football, basketball, um, I think they do a couple other sports as well. Um, definitely check them out. They're a member of the SB Nation Network, so they, they really put out good stuff. And a couple of our own writers, I know Graham and Grant, also write um, for the Champagne Room as well. So you can – it's a little bit of a crossover there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Illinois is going to be an interesting team going forward. Um And really such a huge year for growth, and it it's disappointing to see that – you know, 
it may be hindered by that injury. And and obviously, you know, again, to repeat what we said at the beginning, terrible for, for Tracy himself and obviously wish him the best. Hopefully he comes back and really can have a productive season next year. But, um, but yeah, I, I guess that kind of wraps up the discussion here on Illinois. So I, I wanted to take just a couple seconds to touch on um, two commitments that happened this week for the Big Ten. The uh, first one I'm going to talk about is Iowa. They brought in uh, Ryan Craner, I want to say, um, for the 2016 class. Um, he is a three-star prospect, um, second commit of the class, um, and he, uh, according to you know some of the stuff you read, he's kind of rising. Um, and that was obviously a, a nice com- pickup for Iowa. You kind of get the thought that may take a couple years to develop, so on and so forth. But um, a nice little addition for the Hawkeyes, uh, making some noise on the recruiting trail. The the other one, which I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, knowing my own interest, but uh, Michigan picked up uh, Evie Watson um, out of Ohio. He played at the same high school as current player Karis LeVert, um, which a lot of people around the Big Ten will know. But, um, you know, he, he's a really intriguing player, sort of the replacement for uh, Ty's Battle, who decommitted from Michigan earlier in this cycle. But um, I think Watson can be a solid player. I think he he's going to need to add some strength, a little more athleticism, and um, I think his shot will take some work um, with Beeline. But he's a player I definitely think people should watch uh, as he continues to get more and more attention. I believe he had an Indiana offer as well. Um, but I think he's kind of an under-the-radar guy that's not going to turn a lot of heads now, but could be that type of Karis LeVert role in a couple of years. And not to say they're the, they're the same player. Um, Watson's more of a, a passer, um, less of a just individual type of guy um, on the court. But um, I definitely think he could be a, a nice contributor for the Wolverines in the future. So I wanted to mention uh, the new Iowa commit, the new Michigan commit, um, as we wrap up the podcast. But in terms of uh, a coverage note here before – we end the podcast um going to be wrapping up the the long retrospective series that i've been uh posting on the site had a little delay with some things going on this summer but um hoping to wrap that up over the next couple weeks and then you will see a new preview series on the site called mile they're called the mile out essentially it's three questions about a team three non-con uh opponents and three key players and it's just kind of given a some context on the this upcoming season, you know, a little bit of just a broader view of the of the year before we really start getting into the in-depth preview stuff here. But um, again, thanks everyone for checking us out. Uh, hopefully we'll be on again shortly and uh, everyone keep enjoying the summer and hopefully uh, you all enjoyed Big Ten Media Days uh, for football the other day. I know I uh, enjoyed all the all the talk, but thanks again for checking us out. And we'll see you next time.